Hello, hello, hello. This is Reckless Donnie Hart in Big Time Tim Cudges. And we are Hungry for Hope. We are a new podcast broadcasting live from Toxic Radio. Thank you for having us, Mike. Thank you for everybody to listen. Me and Tim, big time. Tim, what do you like to be called, Tim? I'm big time Tim Cudges, big time Timmy. Don't, don't forget it. You know, he's a, you've you seen him box with celebrity boxing. If you don't call him his name, you might be, Tim, how many wins you got? Nine. You might be number 10. Maybe. Relax, Tim. Put your fist down. My God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I'm Reckless Donnie Hart. You can call me anything. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that later, right? <laughs> Tim, Tim won't stop this dining with Donnie thing. He tells me don't do it. Donnie, stop eating. It's not healthy. Tim, I'm going to keep on eating, brother. Keeps telling me he's going to give up meat every time I see him. He's got a cheesesteak in his hand right now. Cheesesteak in his hand. I, I got a cheesesteak in my hand. Tim, where, where's it from? Pat's. King and the other one in my right hand. <laughs> Gino's. I got two cheesesteaks. I'm, I'm a man. I tell it as it is. Anything about me, I'm never going to hold back. I might have an eating problem. There's a lot of other problems mm-hmm. we can have in life. Right, Timmy? There's a ton. I can. Ton. Handful. Oh, eating some whiz with fried onions. I'm a whiz you know, without guy, but yeah. yeah whatever yeah, you yeah. want, Tim. Big, big time, Tim. I had a Steve Prince of steaks yesterday. That oh, was... man. They're one of the best. We'll, we'll get there. You're, you're getting ahead of I'm the Russian. game. I'm Russian. <laughs> you're not even from Russia. Relax, big time. All right. So I got two cheesesteaks in my hands. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them down. We're going to get there later. First, uh, I want to introduce us to everybody. I know a lot of you know us. A lot of people follow me online and through stuff, but do you really know us? Do, do they really know us, Tim? I don't. Some might. They're close I, friends. Yeah, stuff I, like that. I feel like online, and this is what I'm guilty of, and I, I apologize. I, I put all this good stuff. I, I put whenever the sun's out, that, that's when. But I, I never post about the rainy days, which are far and few in between now, but... I feel like everybody's always like, Donnie, you got the best life. Donnie, you live the life. You eat cheesesteaks and, you know, do boxing. And you're like the man. My God, only if you guys knew. And that's kind of what we want to start talking about on this show. I feel like I was doing a disservice to people out there going through hard times. They would see me and they, they thought I lived some glory life. And my life's pretty good right now. But it wasn't like this. It wasn't like this, and I can't stress it enough. So to start off our debut show, me and Tim are really going to tell you what we're about. Over the next couple weeks, we'll go into more detail, but I just want you to know a little bit about me. We're going to start about seven years ago. I just got done collegiate football. It's a big guy, and I was going through, I thought the whole football thing, I wanted to play in the NFL. I know it sounds crazy. That was my only, my only goal. Playing NFL. Well, it didn't work out. I was in a bad place. In a bad place mentally, physically, and I, I didn't know what to do. So I, I just went back to my childhood and uh, what my mother and my, my father told me, you know, they just said, be whatever you want to be. So I decided what I wanted to be, and it was a professional wrestler. People laughed at me. I, I kept it a secret, to tell you the truth. Timmy, have you ever told anybody you want to be a pro wrestler? Yeah, I mean, between the ages of like six... 13, maybe? No, I'm talking about like 25, Tim. Big time. Uh, no. I wanted to promote wrestling, but no, not be a pro- so professional imagine wrestler. Imagine like Thanksgiving dinner, grandmom's there, and like, hey, pass the gravy, and I'm going to be a pro wrestler. Yeah, some salt. Imagine that, Tim. Big time. I mean, I don't know. I think my family would be happy at what I was doing at like 25, 26. They trying to adopt me? Come on. <laughs> no, they're like, Donnie, this is... You're not seven. You're not on the trampoline. You're not DDT and Joey the neighbor. Sorry, Joe. And, uh, you know, I kept it a secret. I was almost embarrassed. So I wasn't doing, you know, awesome at the time. So I just started training. I, I kept it a secret from everybody, and I started hitting the gym. I started making myself. Uh, I started watching wrestling. I didn't watch it for a while, and I was like, I, I want to be what they are. And I was working at a, a gym. I came across this guy, uh, John the Tank Tolan. He was in WWE, awesome dude. He gave me some advice, and he said, just one thing I'll tell you, your size and where you live in the country, if you're going to be a pro wrestler, there's only one guy for you to find, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp. Tim, you familiar with Pretty Boy? I think everybody's familiar with Pretty Boy. 
who's your favorite wrestler he trained? Tim, tell the people about. Favorite wrestler that he trained? Besides me, brother. Um, jeez. I don't remember him. What? I don't remember, jeez. Maybe Bam Bam Bigelow? Oh, my God. That's Tim, that was perfect. I- I'll get to why it was perfect. Bam, but bam. So, John the Tank Tolan, you know, him and I, there was a guy, Ty Street. He was with CZW. He was another guy who first taught me wrestling moves. Great guy. Them two were kind of the ones who shaped me as an older age to get into it. Through Tank, I found out about uh, they were having a tryout for Monster Factory. They were bringing in guys, brought in about 50 people. So they, they tell me they're they're doing this reality show. You know, they had uh, Bob Levy there. Are you familiar with him, Tim? Yeah, the Reverend Bob Levy. Yeah, he was there as a, a guest, uh, as a judge, a judge. And uh, so I'm like, I'm going to do this. But I didn't tell anybody. I told one friend. And it's the night before, Tim. There's people coming from all over the country. They all got wrestling experience, but they want to train. You, you understand? Like, that's like what the Harvard of wrestling school, you know? Yeah, Ivy League. Ivy League. <laughs> Big time. He's smart, man. <laughs> He's smart. But uh, so people are coming from everywhere. Well, the night before, I'm with my buddy, and I finally tell him. I swear, I didn't tell anybody, Tim. I finally told him. He's like, well, you, you got to look like a wrestler. I'm like, what do you mean, brother? <laughs> so we started Googling <laughs> professional wrestler. And uh, what do you think, Tim? What do you think some things a professional wrestler looks like? I don't know. You know, big, muscular. I, I can't get them overnight. I was a pretty decent size, but I, I wanted something to stand out. He's like, we, we ended up seeing Chuck Liddell, who's a UFC fighter. He's like, you need a mohawk, brother. We're, you know, we might have been drinking a couple adult beverages, and uh, we go to the mall, Deptford Mall over in New Jersey. We go get a haircut. I got the haircut. And he's like, uh, we go back, we drink some, and we find a picture of Mr. T. He's like, you, you need some gold chains, brother. I'm dead broke hmm. living in my mom's basement. I don't have money for gold chains. So we went to uh, Hot Topic, I think it was. And we found a gold chain. You've been to Hot Topic, right, big time? I mean, I'm not going to admit to that, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm familiar. Do you, though? <laughs> so there I am. I got the fresh mohawk. I'm in Hot Topic looking for chains. <laughs> you there with me? Is everybody fit, there? You fit in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after that, he's like, you need to be tan. We look at Hulk Hogan. I'm as white. I'm uh, 99% Irish, just if you didn't know. So we went to this uh, beauty store. And we bought a, a spray tan. Then we bought this shirt. That was the final touch was this animal shirt. It's animal nutrition. And we were set. I was Donny Hart, the professional wrestler. This is like 12 o'clock at night. This thing's at like 8 in the morning. Monster fact. No idea where it was. I thought Belmar. I don't know. We go back to his little basement. And we start spraying my spray tan. I, I almost died. I didn't know you couldn't be in an enclosed room. And we start cutting up the shirt. There I am. <laughs> 25 years old, <laughs> spray tan, mohawk, with my buddy cutting up his shirt so I look like a wrestler. I don't know why we cut it up. We just, you know, I wanted to show my guns. I get it. I get it. You ever been there, Tim? Yeah, now, once in a while, I want to show my guns, so. That's what celebrity boxing's for. That is, absolutely. Great people at celebrity boxing, too. Tim. Love them. So, I'm ready, man. I, I got this awful spray tan. It looked horrible. I got this cut up shirt. And, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm having some adult beverages. Probably a good idea to do right before a wrestling oh, tryout. It was great, brother. So, <laughs> so I wake up at like 7.30. You know, not bad. The, the tryout starts at 8, and it's about like 30 minutes away. So I, I show up at 8 o'clock. I'm like, this isn't the end of the world. You know, I showed up at the Belmar facility. But the only part, Tim, that building burnt down. <laughs> burnt down. Kind of like my wrestling career almost did before it started. So I'm there. I took the freaking bus, man. I, I was living in Philly before this. I, I quit my job. I literally gave up everything because I had this crazy dream that I could be a pro wrestler. It's almost sad, but it's almost kind of cool. You know, I was a lot of people laugh, but I was so in the back of my head. I knew I had what it takes. I was willing to do it. So I moved back home with my mom. I, you know, sold my car, left my job as a personal trainer. I left it all, and I took a bus to a burnt-down building in Belmar. And I thought that that might have been, you know. If I had a nickel for every time I took a bus to a burnt-down building in Belmar. 
big time. So there I am. <laughs> you might have been there. I don't know. <laughs> so what, what do I do? What, what, what do I do, man? It starts at 8 o'clock. This is a big deal. They, they, that week, they already had everybody set. They, they did a favor for me because I was friends with Tank Tolan, who trained there. So I found the new address. We're talking 810 now. I found a way there. They're filming a reality show. I think this was supposed to be on Spike TV. It was a comeback of Pretty Boy Larry Sharp. It was a pretty big deal. There was 50 people there. So like maybe 8.30, I show up in Gloucester City, New Jersey. The building's not burnt down. It's there. Perfect. I bang on this garage, and you got to picture this, Tim. I got a mohawk. I was a pretty big dude. Like 6'4", 300 pounds, mohawk. Orange, man. I'm, I'm orange. So orange. I had this spray tan on. I'm orange. I got this animal shirt cut up in this <laughs> big fake gold chain. Boom, boom, boom. They're filming a reality show in there. I have no idea. The dude comes out flipping out. And then he looks me up and down. I was like, uh, I'm trying to tank. Uh, I want to be a pro wrestler, you know? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> you know, he looked at me. He's like, get your ass in here and shut up. <laughs> uh, it must have been the, the orange tan. I don't know. I mean, it does stick out to people. Yeah. So I go in there, you know. Me and one other guy were the only guys who'd never been in a wrestling ring there. I was with this kid. He goes by the name Steve Cutler. You ever hear of him, Tim? You're, you're a big wrestling fan. Heard a little bit about him. Yeah, he's, he signed to WWE. Uh, he's with NXT. Forgotten right Sons. Forgotten Sons. They end up doing, me and him were the only two out of 50 people who never been in a wrestling ring. And, you know, I, I got in there. I was just honest. I, I told him my passion. I, I even told Bob Levy if he didn't pick me, I was going to go to his house and I was going to let him know. I was going to sit outside his house every day and said, I'm the, I'm the one you, you forgot. It, it was a little creepy, but sometimes if you want your damn dream, Timmy, you got to be a little creepy. And you either get your dream or a restraining order, yeah. one or the other. Or both, brother. <laughs> you can only hope. Long story short, at the end, me and Steve Cutler both both end up training there. Steve Cutler, man, the kid was a maniac when it comes to training. He's in WWE. I'm not. There, there's a reason, you know. He had discipline like anybody else. So we we get into it, and man, I came out like a bat out of hell, big time. You know, you, you're pretty familiar with Independent, right, man? Have you gone to some shows? Yeah, I've been to a few. Grew up in the ECW days, stuff like that. Right, well, I didn't know much about it. I told them when I trained, I wanted to be a millionaire within a year. My ego was so big. I said, if I train with you guys, I want to be a millionaire within a year. And they, they told me I was a little crazy, but they brought me in. They said, if you're willing to do everything we tell you, pretty boy Larry Sharp makes superstars. But, you know, you got to be willing. And I, they said I had that if factor. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe it was a spray tan. I don't know what it was. Big probably, the, probably the mohawk. At the beginning, I gave everything I freaking had. Everything. I put my life into this. You don't realize, you know, I'm 25, and people start asking me for my autograph. I haven't even wrestled a match, but they heard about me. They did some some newspaper articles with me and Larry. We were in the news, wrestling magazines, and they're talking about me. I didn't wrestle a match yet. But like Larry always said, I had that if factor. He first compared me to a guy you brought up, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam. I'll never forget he told me. He's like, Donnie... I want you to be Bam Bam, but I don't want your ending to be Bam Bam's. Bam Bam died in, what was it, like 2008 maybe, Tim? Somewhere around there. He died on bad terms. Uh, great guy, great family. I'm friends with his, his son, Shane. Shane Bigelow, awesome people. But I'll never forget, Larry told me that. Pretty boy Larry Sharp said, I don't want your ending to be, they called him Scott. His name was Scott Bigelow. And uh, Larry always stressed that to me. He, he definitely always made sure I tried to stay on that straight and narrow. But you get going, man. I had, a, I had an ego. We, we all do. And I'm, I'm not the person I am today. I'm thankful for who I am today. But back then, you know, I just, I thought I knew everything. You ever feel that big time? The grandiose ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Had them for a while. I can't believe I was that person. But, you know, you start signing your picture for autographs. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm the man, I thought. You, you ever do that big time? I, I signed one autograph in Florida probably two weeks, a couple, maybe a month ago. Through celebrity boxing. Through correct? celebrity boxing, yes. So, Tim, I, I got to tell you, don't do what I did back then. 
I started getting big in the pro wrestling world. And, you know, I wasn't the great. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't, you know, greatest. But I had that look. I had that it factor. And uh, I had some tryouts and, and you know, in front of some WWE guys. They're the, the biggest pro wrestling company. And uh, they basically told me, Donnie, you don't fuck this up. You're going to be that millionaire you want to be. We can't guarantee within the year, but balls in your court, brother. That's what they said. You imagine that somebody somebody puts like a million dollars in front of you, Tim. Said, don't fuck it up. You can have this in a year. I might be a little cocky. And then you know. fuck it up. Yeah. Can you imagine that? No, I could. And, Definitely could. And that's exactly what I did times 10, brother. Times 10. You showed them. No, man. What I did, I was an idiot. I was young and I was dumb. And now I'm here to tell people not to go down that path. I'm here. Let me be the example. You want to know what it feels like to be an idiot and blow it all? Let me tell you. So you don't have to do that. You, you got me big time? I understand completely. My, my story can get funny at some times, but at the end of the day, I'm here to tell you, don't do what I did. So wrestling was going good. It, it didn't hit that peak as I thought it would. And uh, I was still, you know, act, acting a fool. And uh, I'm, I'm going out to West Virginia. I'm wrestling uh, Scott Steiner. You familiar big time? Big Papa Pump, Michigan Wolverine. You know, I'm like, maybe this is this is the big break. So my brother, my big brother, Jimmy Hart, God bless his soul, at the time he was backpacking. He was in Southeast Asia. So I hit him up. I was like, Jimmy, you don't believe I'm wrestling Scott Steiner. You know, he was our he was our idol growing up. And me and him embraced through messages, you know, he's backpacking and everything. And this was the big thing, you know. I'm going Saturday to West Virginia, seven hours away. I'm wrestling our idol, you know. I finally felt like, you know, my brother gave me so much encouragement. I felt like this might have been it, you know what I mean? You ever been by something big time? You're almost there. Yeah, been there a couple times. I felt like it was finally it. So I drive seven hours away, man. I get to this arena. God bless my mom. Last time I drove out to West Virginia, I got in a snowstorm. I got stuck. I had a Mustang. <laughs> Can you believe me in a Mustang? I would actually like to see that. <laughs> There's pictures somewhere. Maybe <laughs> a video. So my mom called me up the night before. She said, "Can I go with you?" I love my mom more than anybody. Just, just so you know, no offense, big time, but I love her more than you. And uh, I, I drove out there with her. She, we're there a couple hours before. She's gonna go check in the hotel. I get out of the car. I walk up to the arena. The promoter's there, Don West, awesome guy. He's there with this guy, Onyx Black. I think his name. Great guy. He was their champion. I think it was called APWA. Could be wrong. It's, it was a tough moment. As soon as I walk up them steps, Tim, you got to realize them steps were my future. This was my dream. Scott Steiner? It's huge. I'm there. I get a phone call. Got my bag. I'm walking up these steps. I get a phone call. <sighs> I answer this phone. From Cambodia. You you know anything about Cam- Cambodia? Not very familiar. Unfortunately, I know a lot about it now. It was a call. Now, the other end of that call, I got the worst news of my life. My brother had passed away. There I am. About to be one step closer to my dream. And I get the worst news. Worst news. Uh, first, I was angry. I, I punched the glass case with trophies in it at this arena in front of the guy who just paid me money to come wrestle. He has no idea what's going on. The champion's there. He has no idea what's going on. I broke the glass. Now I'm bleeding. It's raining out. I'm on the steps outside. There's blood, glass, and I'm angry. And then two seconds later, anger turned into tears, man. I broke down. I, I realized what happened. I, I fell down to the ground, and I let them know what happened. And I couldn't do anything else. I had to go in that car. And I had to get my mom and I had to tell her she lost her son. I was the first one to find out. And uh, we drove seven hours back to New Jersey with that news, you know. And that's when things started taking a turn big time. You you probably had that moment in your life where something took a turn. Yeah. You know, could be breaking up with a girlfriend, the death of somebody. You have anything that you can. That makes you go off the deep end. Yeah, of course. You have anything in particular, you know. You've been through some bad stuff. Yeah, when I was when I was younger, I was like 18, went through 
one thing I'm not going to really put out there because it's the other person's business. But um, at the same week, I lost my best friend. So it turned into a downward spiral that I would try to pull myself out of, fall back into. And it was just a course of, you know, we'll get into my story next. Well, Tim, you're, you're a manly guy, you man. You're the, what are you, the super heavyweight champion for celebrity boxing? You're a tough dude, man. I, I've met you a lot through this. I'm a big, tough dude. I'm a pro wrestler at this time. I think society has made us think big, tough guys cannot show emotion. I know. You you buried that deep inside. So that's what I did, Tim. You, you hit the nail on the head. I buried it. No, well, I thought about it. I just lost my best friend, my only brother. I thought about my sister, my mom, my dad. How are they going to? So I wanted to be the superhero to help them. And that's what I did. I Was there anything they needed? What can I do? I never thought about what can I do for me. And you can imagine it got me in a bad place, man. So let's let's get for you know a lot of ugly stuff happened, Tim. A lot of ugly stuff. I'm not proud of, but it's because I didn't know how to accept you know pain, and that's what I want to tell everybody out there. It's okay to cry. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to reach out. There's people there, and if nobody's there, I'm there. Reckless Downy Hearts there. You can find me online. Reach out to me, please. Tim, I'm sure they can reach out to you too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Any type of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I think I'm on. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Whatever you are, big time. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't reach out to anybody. Year after the death of my brother, I, I found myself in, in prison, man. It's embarrassing. I, I don't like to talk about it, but I feel like I need to talk about it to help people. There I was, man. Year before, I was about to wrestle Scott Steiner. Big big pop of pump, right? Yeah. And there I am. Camden County Jail, facing life in prison. You ever have a judge tell you you're going to jail for life? Hopefully not. <laughs> there I was. And I just wanted it. I didn't want to be there, Tim. You, you ever, you've gone through some bad stuff. You ever just feel, you know, it'd be better for you not to be there? Be at that place or just be in, in life? life, man. Yeah, yeah, nah, I felt I that felt a, a burden times. on other people, you know? I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. And, uh, I got on the ground and it was either give up or get up. And uh, the reason I'm here is because I got up. And that's my message to everybody. It might seem hopeless, but I, I've, been, I've been down on the ground in a prison jail cell facing life in prison. Lost my brother, lost most of my friends, my fiance, everybody. But I got up and I kept on going. And that's what I'm here to tell you few years later now here i am on hungry for hope with big time tim kudges we're representing celebrity boxing we are all over right now we're doing so many good things my life couldn't be any better but not a day i wake up i don't forget laying on that jail cell feeling like i wanted it all to end and it's okay it's okay to feel that way i want you all to know it is okay. There's help for you. There's people out there like me. There's suicide hotlines. If you have addiction problems, there's people. Don't be scared. Never be scared. And if you don't have an outlet, guess what? You just found a new outlet. Hungry for Hope, Big Time Tim Kudges, and Reckless Donnie Hart are now your friends. We care about you. Right, Tim? Absolutely. We love you. Say it, Tim. Tell them you love them. I love you all. So do I. I would never be here without the help of my amazing family, my amazing sister, my amazing father and mother, and the friends who never gave up on me. I love you, friends. I love you. I know who you are. The guys who wrote me when I was away, the guys who visited me, the guys who didn't give up, didn't judge me. I love you all. And we will be here. You'll hear a lot more of my story. That's just the beginning. But now let me give the mic over to big time Tim Kudges. He has another tearjerker. Get ready, folks. Yeah, I'm not going to try to, you know, jerk some tears, but like Donnie, we've all been through a few things. I've been through my ups and downs. I've tried to live my dream only to find out, you know, that wasn't my that wasn't my dream. Grandiose ideas. I was just trying to force something to be somebody, stuff like that. But it all started out like I touched on with Donnie, with uh death of my friend, kind of went through a downward spiral. I was able to pull myself back up, get back to work, real good at sales. So a common feature to my story is, you know, I was always like half there. I was always half work and I was always able to 
somewhat provide for myself with the help of my family, some friends. But, um, you know, I, I fought through a lot. So I, I suffer, and I don't really talk about it much, but I, I can get terrible depression. And it's not easy. I know it's not easy talking about this, right? No, and I go through these slumps. It could be nothing that brings it on, right? I can just one day not want to get out of bed and just be miserable for a week, two weeks, here and there. It happens to people. That's normal, though. People don't understand. That's normal. You're not the only one going through it, Tim. You're not the only one. But I didn't I didn't really know how to handle that. I just try to um make myself feel better through other things. I mean, I'll get right into it. So about, you know, twenty five, twenty six, so I went through a whole bunch of different things trying to achieve dreams. I did a How old are you now, Tim? Thirty five? Yeah. Thirty five. Right. I keep forgetting. Sometimes I think I'm thirty six, sometimes <laughs> I'm thirty five. I don't want to rush it though. You know it happens. Yeah. So, like in my mid twenties, twenty five, twenty six, we have a wrestling pot or boxing mma wrestling podcast atg radio it got it got pretty popular but then as soon as that popularity grew it was just we need to make something of this we need to make something we need to make something and then the more we didn't get anything from it the more it played on my yeah you're failing at this like it's not working blah 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 this is your dream let's do it and then sooner or later it turned and i like dabbled with drugs opiates my whole life but nothing really big and then i don't even remember when it actually started i can't pinpoint i think i was i was dating some girl all of a sudden i'm just doing dope doing heroin what were you doing at the time tell tell that you were you were on your way to getting what your dream was correct right well i was doing the the boxing podcast i was writing for different boxing websites stuff like that i was getting my name out there i was talking to some of the biggest stars in boxing with my partner frank stay and uh, we were just we were just on, but at the same time, like I was just pushing, pushing stuff down. Like I would go through my depression, and instead of talking about it, I would drink heavily, or I would do some other type of drugs. I would do something to fill that to where I didn't feel that pain inside. Tim, sorry to interrupt, but can you imagine me and you? We're in our like late twenties. We're about to live our dream. We're there. We did all this work to get there. For whatever reason, we felt it was necessary to go through this. You know, that's why no matter where you are in life, this happens. This happens to doctors. This happens to people who are on their way to their dream. Don't think this just happens to the homeless guy on the street. It happens. Tim, go back. Tell, tell us more, please. All right. So about 27, 28, like all that fell through. I started using drugs while I was trying to do like the podcast, then worked for a website. Uh, that streamed different wrestling, boxing, MMA, stuff like that, where I met a lot of people. I even think I met Damon through that, his brother David. Damon Feldman from Celebrity Boxing, correct? correct? Yeah. Damon Great story. Feldman. Awesome guy. Great story. Check out Celebrity, or what is it, Redemption? Yes, Redemption on Toxic Radio on Mondays. We'll get into that more. Tim, right, right. I want to hear your story. We're here to hear your story, brother, because you have such a great story. You inspired me. You were the only person that was able to get me to come up and open up about stuff I don't want to tell anybody because your story inspires me. Now, inspire our listeners, Tim. Go on. All right. So I start going. I pick up a heroin habit, lose my job with the the website. I'm just trying to string along, make money to fill a habit. I'm able to do that through sale, different sales jobs here and there, whatever. But I could never string together anything to like build a career off of. Then it starts, you know, getting bad. I end up going to rehab. I think I went to rehab between rehab and detox, probably like nine to ten different establishments, two different states other than here. And then it was towards the end when I just tell me, man, I, I I've been there, but tell the, the audience why why didn't it work? People think it's crazy nine, ten times. You're in these rehabs that charge people so much money. What do you think it was with you that didn't make it work the first nine times? I mean, it was as simple as I wasn't done yet. Like, I wasn't, I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't, I wasn't okay with myself. And then, like, the past couple times leading up to the, the final time, I OD'd, got sober for a week or two. Used again, OD'd, and this was all like in a short period of time because I'd never overdosed before. You, you almost killed yourself. You, you died, basically. Overdose, you die. And right. you still went back to that thing. That's how sick you were and how sick I was in my darkest time. 
that we were willing to do this. Right, and it was right back to where you said, "Did you wish you weren't here anymore?" Yeah, it was more than a more of a burden I felt on everybody else. And it's not like I wish I was dead, but I just didn't get didn't care. I say I didn't curse for you because you didn't want to curse him. And I tell Tim, I, I don't, I don't like cursing. I do curse a little. I just feel cursing's the easiest thing. Where I want to use words that impact more than cursing. Right. That that's our whole concept. We're trying to better ourselves, and we're trying to better the people who listen. And we're nobody perfect, man. I'm I'm just a fuck up. Excuse my language. <laughs> who realize not to fuck up anymore? Tim, you're the same thing. Yeah. So. To get to the end of it, I uh, the one the last OD that I had. I, and where were you, Tim? Where where was your OD at? Somewhere in Kensington, like it Kensington, all, man. You were in Kensington. Have you been in Kensington lately? No, nah, not for the past couple I years. I drove through there, and I'm one of the toughest sons of you know you ever met. It's a scary spot, and you were just going there for fun because that's how. That I just want people to realize what we were. It was going normal through. to me when you were going through this, Tim. I was laying in a jail cell in Camden County. You were in Kensington chasing that next high. And here we are in 2020 together. Inspirational stories telling people about it. What, what's the chance of that, big time? What's the chance? It's amazing. I'm so happy we're here, brother. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome now. But looking back on it, that, that last day, right? It, it was crazy. It was, I don't even know how I made it through it, but when they had to hit me with Narcan like four times. I, tell, tell some of our audience, they don't know what Narcan is. Can you tell them? So Narcan, typically you just, it's a anti-opiate drug. Like it sends you, it brings you back to life essentially, and then sends you into detox. Well, I had done so much. It was more, it, they tried it once. They tried shoot me with it twice and then twice up or twice up the nose, then shoot me with it twice. And finally, I came back out. Now, the only thing I remember at that point was, it. I don't even know what it was, because I, I don't really believe in the higher power thing or the God thing. Could have been just my subconscious. It was just a voice that said, you're meant to be here. So at that point, I was like, all right, I either have to make a decision to live or a decision to die. And I wasn't, I wasn't ready to die. Tim, let's let's cut this shit, man, because I was in the same spot. I can tell you about me. I can't tell you about you. Honestly, I wanted to die, but I wasn't man enough. I was scared. I wanted to end the pain for my family, my friends, but I didn't have the balls. You know, I didn't have the balls. So the only other thing was to, to get up and change something. Did you feel like that? Right. Yeah. I mean, you... And you have to make changes, obviously. It's going to go back right to the same bullshit that you were doing. So I got involved in the program of recovery and kept working. I learned a set of principles that I still live by, even though I don't really participate so much per se in that. Tim, you participate by every freaking day living the life you're living. Right. And don't helping other that. people. There's a always help others always live by these principles and that's what I go by and that's what makes me the better person today the less selfish person today that gets me up out of bed and gets me to work and a great career that I have and gives me the ability to be here with you talking to all these people it's a beautiful thing now Tim could you could you imagine this a little over four years ago you're sitting there your lifeless body an abandoned building in Kensington, probably the worst section in the country. There you are. Could you imagine four years later, you'd be sitting on toxic radio on Hungry for Hope with Reckless Donnie Hart, who was in a jail cell at that same time, who blew a wonderful wrestling career, who had a life people dreamed of and blew it. Now, nah, I mean, all I could imagine back then was how I was going to get high next. I had a long road ahead of me, and it's... Four years, four years now, a little bit over four years since I've been involved in that life. Big time. Anything else on your story you'd like to share, man? I, I just wanted to give our viewers a little, little bit to who we are. I mean, there's, there's hope. That's why we're here. We're hungry for hope. We're here to talk about, like, it's not the end. No matter how depressed you can get. No matter what you're doing, whether it's substance abuse, depression, there's always someone to talk to. Like suicidal. Suicidal thoughts. 
there's always someone there that's willing to help. And we're here. We got your back. I was a six foot four, three hundred pound professional wrestler on my way to stardom. And all them demons, it doesn't matter. They don't discriminate. Big time Tim was doing his thing, living his dream. Professional play by play boxing announcer. They don't discriminate. Big, small, yellow, blue, black, white. It doesn't matter. It doesn't discriminate. Suicidal thoughts, mental health, depression. It's there. Drug addiction. It's there, man. And, you know, this isn't easy talking about big time, is it? But it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not comfortable at all. Like you Telling have to people kinda... your most embarrassing moments. You, yeah. You think big time likes to tell how he was, you know, OD'd in Kensington? No, thank you for telling the story, though, because you might have just saved a life big well, time. Well, that's what it is. If it helps somebody, it's worth it. That's what got me on here, man. You know, I post all this good stuff on Facebook, and uh, it was awesome at first. But I had all these people coming up to me, oh, Donnie, you eat everywhere. You eat every everything. You're in Atlantic City. You're all over the world. You're the man. And it was awesome. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Donnie's the man. And then I was like, I'm, I'm doing these people injustice because they don't realize the dark times. You know, all these people think, think it's all rainbows, and it's not. And I, I knew something had to change. I was so happy in my life, but it, it wasn't about me anymore. I wanted to reach out to that person who was where I was in 2014 through 2015. And I wanted to pull them out of that rock bottom. And by the grace of whatever you want to call it, I found big time Tim Kudges. And he shared that same, same hope as me. And we said, you know. Let's eat some cheesesteaks and let's spread some freaking hope. Because we're hungry for it. You're hungry. <clears throat> I'm big a, time. They don't call me big time for no reason. I'm always hungry. <laughs> big time. Let's let's go into the next part. I know why you all came. You all came for dining with Donnie. Am I right? That's Don- why big time came. You heard I brought a cheesesteak. The dude was here in like five minutes. <laughs> Donnie's about to double fist some cheesesteaks here. So the cheesesteaks are a little cold, but I walked in here. You should have saw Mike at Toxic Radio. Mike, how you doing? Mike, how you doing? I'm hey, still here. My mic was down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your Donnie's about to be down. Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mike, right. what do you think when I walked in with, uh, you know, I'm a pretty big guy walking with two cheesesteaks in my hand. I'm on a diet, so I would think it'd give me. So I'm like, uh, what am I? <laughs> I'm an enabler? Two cheesesteaks and none for big time Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm working on myself. <laughs> I can't I can't eat bread right now, so you know. I can, brother. Yes. So dining with Donnie. This all started. People don't really know how it started. Uh, I'm I'm a fitness nut, believe it or not. I'm a guy who eats tons of cheesesteaks, but I'm a fitness nut. I'm in the gym. That that was one of the things when I got my uh, I've always was in the gym. But the more my life got back together, the more I got back to the stuff I loved, the gym and all that stuff. And believe it or not, a guy who is a gym nut is also a food nut. I'm eating all this food and, uh, you know, I'm not feeling as good. And uh, girlfriend, other people told me, you know, maybe maybe it's time for a change. And I watched this documentary. Big time. You got Netflix? Yeah, of course I got Netflix. I'm sorry. Living a large life. You forgot Kensington was four years ago, brother. <laughs> I pay for the extra package, too. How about you, Mike? You got Big Netflix? Spender. Yes, I do. You ever been to Kensington? <laughs> no, I haven't. All right. Just, just touching on everything, brother. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> I'm very physical. I like to get up in your personal space. So I'm watching. I'm on Netflix. Uh, Game Changers, a documentary. And, you know, I'm not the smartest guy. I forget who, who did the documentary. It was a UFC fighter. But he had guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger on it. And it's about these guys who gave up meat. And it did all these studies on, like, how their their life was, their sleep, their sexual life, their mental state. And me, like you big time, I'm trying to better myself. That is my goal. Every day I wake up, I try to do something better than I did the day before. So I said, hell, maybe I should give up meat. You ever thought about that big time? Oh, uh, yeah, no, not at all. I'm not going to give that <laughs> Thanks, up. brother. Real helpful. I'll give up bread like Looking Mike. Looking for like a new I'm with co-host. <laughs> yeah, so, so here I am. 
But before I did, people were probably like, what, what's he talking about? He eats meat every day. He ate three cheesesteaks today. And he has two in his hand. That's that's what I'm getting into. Relax. So I said, let me eat as much meat as I can for a couple of days, I thought, to get me, you know, hyped up to it. It's like, uh, big time, you can probably relate, like, somebody's an alcoholic, and they're like, I'm going to go to rehab. But before I go to rehab... I'm going to drink like two thirty packs and you know, that, that's how yeah, I felt. Yeah. I mean, that's how mostly everybody does it before they go to rehab. Not everybody, but I, not I've seen good. it. But there I was. And uh, I was like, let me, let me post on Facebook. I post some little thing on Facebook and I'm not, I'm not the po- most popular guy. You know, it's like, oh, what's this washed up ex pro wrestler who blew it all away doing now? You know, that's what people are probably thinking. And then they're like, holy shit, he's eating cheese sticks. Then people care, and I've done some amazing things on Facebook. But when I started eating them damn cheesesteaks, Tim, people, people liked it. And I was like, let me, let me do like three cheesesteaks a day, hit all the best cheesesteak spots in Philly. And I started doing it. And uh, long story short, I didn't give up meat, brother. I mean, you can't always give up meat. Not that I don't want to, but uh. Our city, you know, me and Tim are born and raised in this area, and the cheesesteak's the staple of this city. Am I right, Tim? Exactly. Plus, plus all your followers on Facebook, they wanted to know. They, they wanted to know, and basically they're like, oh, let, let's, let, let's let, let him destroy his body. Let's tag him on. And get fat. And, you know, he, he's reckless. So I, being the professional wrestler I am, egomaniac, recovering egomaniac, I went with a hook, line, and sinker. There I am. <laughs> Hungry for hope. Tim, you, you went on my cheesesteak journey the one day. Where, where do we go again, Tim? There I've we, ate so many. There we are. There Pulling we up are. in Germantown, section of Philadelphia. North Philly, Germantown. R- rough freaking neighborhood, right, Tim? Yeah, it's a rough ride. Sounds like somewhere, you know, we probably would have been like four years ago up to no good. Am I right? <laughs> I would have even been afraid to go there when I was up to no good. And there we are. We went to, what was the name of the place, Tim? Max's. Max's Steak, and they were, they were in what, Creed? Yeah, Creed, one or two. Not big time. Not to toot my own horn. But you know who else was in Creed 1? You're probably going to hear about this every week on the show, but <laughs> obviously I think it was Donnie. How you doing? This was before the downfall. One of the best things I did before everything went south. It was after my brother passed, but I was still trying to do good. I got a call, and they asked me to be uh, an extra, a featured extra in Creed. You've seen the movie big time. I mean, I think everybody in the city of Philadelphia has seen the movie. Big time. Do you want to hear something, something sad and good? Hit me with it. I was in what movie? Creed. Where was I when it came out? Jail. Jail. Uh-huh. You know how sad that is? Thinking about it now. I was in this movie, Sylvester Stallone, for almost two weeks. I met him. They loved me. They were like, you got a career in this. Uh, You know, it it was freaking awesome. What did you do in the movie? All right, so the the final scene with Tony Bellow, he's a boxer, fighting Michael B. Jordan. I was in the entourage sitting in the crowd. They thought I looked like an English boxer, so they had me as, you know, one of their guys. But that, that was really, you know how sad, like, and I'm telling people in jail, I'm in this movie. They don't believe no, they don't believe anything. And it was like, that was one of the turning points. It really was when that movie came out and I was locked up and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the turning point, but it was, I'm sure you had some turning points. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, there's always little things that get you right there, but maybe you don't make that change or make that adjustment that you need to make, but it starts to work your way towards where you need to be. Absolutely, man. But yeah, I was an extra and it was awesome. I still talk to some people I was on the movie set with. Uh, you know, I'm grateful for that forever. I'm grateful for so much. But that meeting Sylvester Stallone, that was awesome experience. And, uh, you know, it, it was fun. But anyway, back to dining with Donnie. <laughs> We're at Max's Steak, man. We're in the heart of Germantown, North Philly. We went to Max's, then... Uh, where do we go after again, Tim? Do we go? Tony to- Luke's. Pa- Tony Luke's. Tony Luke's. That's a great people over there, too. Great family. They're always doing good stuff in the community. Awesome people. So we did Tony Luke's and I, Tom, 
you know, Tony looks, we want to, we want to sit down in like a bar environment when we're eating these steaks. But Tony Luke's, they don't, they don't have that. Yeah, I mean, you can sit down, but you know, it's, it was cold out. It was raining. Yeah, It's raining. And I'm, I'm doing this review whatever, for hell. I don't know why, but I'm doing it. And people are listening and I'm liking it. So we go over to where, where was that? Uh, Toll Man Joe's. Toll Man Joe's. Who was a, uh, Toll Man Joe was actually a professional eater in Wingball. God bless his soul. He passed away. His family owns the bar. He was a good friend of a good friend of mine, Bill Simmons, El Wingador. Great guy. We're going to have Bill on the show. Awesome guy. His story is something you must listen to. He was a number three ranked professional eater. Awesome guy. He has a great story. But well, we were at his buddy, Toll Man Joe's place, and uh, we, we walked in. I got the cheesesteaks in my hand like always, right, Tim? Yeah. And they got the wonderful bartenders. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if we mention names, we're going to be snitching yeah. a little bit. But they had wonderful bartenders. Guy, girl, it doesn't matter what they were. And elderly. I walk in, and I'm like, uh, you, you don't mind if I eat cheesesteaks in here, right? I thought it was normal. What, what she said, she's like, would you ever go on a McDonald's <laughs> with a Burger King burger? She's like, you know, we serve cheesesteaks here. I thought she was joking. And I realized, like, man, you know, I'm, I'm hungry for hope. Well, I'm hungry for a slap upside the head right now. And uh, she was she was nice. And uh, believe it or not, they, they let us eat the cheesesteaks. Yeah. I don't know if it was my smile or Tim's words, but uh, they said, go hide and don't tell anybody we let you. And they became great people to talk to. We told them what we were doing. And it's like the, the greatest icebreaker. You tell somebody, like, what, well, Tim, you'd say, you know, I'm, I'm eating cheesesteaks. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like the greatest thing ever, right? They start telling you, oh, if you go here, you go there. The $120 cheesesteak. Yeah. They, oh, they told us. Tell, tell them about that story, Tim. I, I mean, I forget what the place is called. Our name was, uh, we're not saying names, but. uh, It was a nice elderly Bart man, Clay. Jeff. Barclay, yeah, don't list the Barclay Prime, I think it was. Barclay Prime, yeah. It's a hundred and twenty dollar cheesesteak, Tim. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And uh, we're gonna do it. Yeah, I mean, it better make me fly or something. I don't know. One hundred and twenty dollar cheesesteak, <sighs> brother. We don't live that life no more. We ain't flying. <laughs> you're, you're not a plane. <laughs> we could split it maybe <laughs> with a couple people with we'll, the steak slices. We'll have a hungry for hope GoFundMe next week, right? That's, <laughs> that's like a new thing to do. <laughs> Mike, can you set that up for us? Mike, Set it up as we speak. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Just put like a good thing behind it. Like, uh, I don't want to get into that, but yeah. So anyway, that that's our dining with dining thing. I've been going to all these cheesesteak spots and there, there's a point to it all. We're actually going to do our top five. We're going to do it live on Hungry for Hope, right? Big yeah, time? Absolutely. Top five cheesesteaks in the city of Philadelphia. We're going to list our top five in the city of Philadelphia City of Philadelphia. That is not Camden. Donkeys is not in this. It's Philly. <laughs> Philadelphia. Not Bucks County. Love me some donkeys. <laughs> yeah, you and like 30 other people, Mike. That's like the number one question I get every day. When are you going to donkeys? You know, like I said, I ain't the smartest guy. But I know that ain't in Philadelphia, brother. <laughs> so, back on track. <laughs> Big time, when, when do you think we're going to do our top five cheesesteaks? Do we want to announce that next week? We're going to do it next week? Uh, Mike's giving that look like, brother, it ain't going to be a next week. You keep on talking that talk. We got a lot of a lot of eating to do between now and next week. And, I, you know, I got a, got a fight coming up on Saturday. Big time, what are you talking about? I've been eating cheesesteaks for like two weeks. I did all the eating, brother. What? I got notes. I got videos. Well, it's perfect. I got a... Oh, yeah, yeah. We already got that. We, we just got to get down to my top five. And, you know, from five, we got to go to one. Mm. What, what, what was, what's your favorite cheesesteak? Just tell the people. I mean, I, I'm very vocal about it. Steve's Prince of Steaks. Just had one yesterday. It was delicious. Big time. I'm not going to lie here. I'm a man of truth, brother. And uh, I think Steve's... Could find their way in the top five. I was very vocal about when I ate them. Uh, they, they could be there, brother. If they're not top five, I'm riding. I'm looking for a new co-host. Flipping one of these tables. <laughs> Hungry for hope. <laughs> All right, so Tim's flipping tables. Mm -hmm. I, I'm over here talking about cheesesteaks. And why are you guys listening? <laughs> suckers. So anyway, my co-host just called you guys suckers. So I'm going to hear. I'm going to try to, you know, save the day. 
So I got two cheesesteaks in my hand. That's the only way I know to save the day. You can't see. Next week, you're going to be able to see us live eat cheesesteaks. You're just going to have to take my word. Right now, I got this cheesesteak in my hand from Pat's King of Steaks. Big time. You familiar? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've heard of it before. So that, twice. That's in my left hand. In my right hand, I got Geno Steaks. Poor Dude. man Pat's. <laughs> Get this in your head right now. Here's Reckless Donnie Hart, guy who blew away Amazing Wrestling Chris, sitting in the studio with big-time Tim Kudges. Two steaks in each hand. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Talk about good radio, brother. Living our best life. So big time, I'm I'm going to take some bites. Where do you... What do you want me to first? Pat's in the left or Gino's in the right? Uh, go Gino. <laughs> oh, big time. Didn't know you were still there, brother. <laughs> I went with Pat. Nothing personal, brother. Hold up. <laughs> you believe I'm eating this juice that's live on air right now? <laughs> I'm going to have like 20 family members texting me. <laughs> I'm not invited to Thanksgiving. It's over. But I'm doing this. Because I'm, I'm doing it. It's for the culture. Oh, man. I know people... people. Let me eat the, let me eat the Genos real quick. He's taking little bites of the Genos, though. <laughs> he doesn't look as impressed. <laughs> Nothing bad about Genos, but, you know, <coughs> it's not impressive. Donnie from Dining with Donnie back here. <coughs> you all right? I'm all right. I'm, I'm going to live, brother. Uh, I don't know CPR. Uh, Mikey! I don't even think I can wrap my arms around Mikey's that. over here giving me... Mike from Toxic Radio. He's over here giving me this look. He's running this show. He's been awesome, man. Great guy. He's giving me this look. Like, you know, you got to realize this guy's on a diet. What is it, a keto diet? Yeah, it's nothing but meat. <laughs> and I got this bread over here, and he's just looking at me like, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to have a show next week, so let's live it up. <laughs> this Pat's, I know people down it, but this was a good steak. I liked it. I'm I'm not going to tell you anymore. Well, we next got, week, we need some anticipation for the top five. They, they do the cheese whiz right. You got to realize, they are the staple. They made Philly. Them and Geno's. Pat's and Geno's. They made... Philly, the staple for cheesesteaks. You got the Vento family and the Oliveri family. You know, you, you throw Tony Luke's in there too, but these people, they took a brand and they ran with it. And it's awesome. And uh, this cheesesteak thing's been so amazing. I love everybody who's reached out to me. And uh, believe it or not, I think after this, I, I, I'm going to give up meat. What do you think, big time? Do you, could you see me giving up meat? I mean, I, I could see it. I think you could do it anything you put your mind to it. But would I give up meat? No. Big time. What What's today? Uh, Wednesday, February 26th. Try again. It's Lent. I don't know what that is. What do is. people do for Lent? Mike, You. what do people do for Lent? Mike's very Catholic. Yeah, yeah, extremely. 100%. <laughs> if anybody knows me at all, they know that I am. Uh, Don't you like... Give a cat up or something. I don't know. You eat, oh, you eat. You fish. keep it up. I'm gonna give up a producer and a co-host, brother. <laughs> All right, Donnie back. Uh, you give something up, man. Yeah, anything you want, man. Now, I think big time. I've been thinking about it. I think. Brace yourself. I've ate all the cheesesteaks in Philly. I'm ready to do the reviews. I don't need to eat anymore. I'm gonna give up meat, big time. Missing Barclay Prime still, but yeah, uh, I get you. If I mean that's guess you're gonna have to pay for it yourself, brother. <laughs> I get you. That's dedication. Lent's how long, Mike? You know you're Catholic. Uh, twenty days. Thanks, Catholic Mike. Forty. That's a new name, <laughs> brother. I'm not cutting no angles. One thing about me, I go full steam, brother. They used to call me full throttle. I still got cheesesteaks in me, and uh. But I'm here, Reckless Donnie Hart, on Hunger for Hope with Dining with Donnie. And I'm here to announce I'm giving up meat for Lent. Mark my word, I will not eat meat for Lent. This Dining with Donnie's been awesome. Thank you so much.
Oh, my mom. Now just, my mom just texted me. She said you don't eat meat today because it's Ash Wednesday. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Your mother was awesome, by the way, Tim. I just met Tim's mother ever other day. Her and his stepfather, they were great people, man. I, I understand where you get some of your characteristics from. I'm, I'm horrible at words, but you know. Characteristics. Yeah. Definitely shines. She was a wonderful lady. He was awesome. But let's go on to Big Time Timmy tells it like it is. Here's Big Time. All right, so I got a few minutes left. I'm going to try to breeze <laughs> through this. <laughs> I took all the time. We are... Uh, a lot of us seen the fight last week. I know me and Donnie watched it. I forget where we watched it, but it was at... We watched it at the Tilted Kilt in Sickerville, New Jersey. Yeah, right after the OPW card. And I guess we'll we'll cover that next show. But that was a that was a fight. I mean, I predicted Tyson Fury was going to win. I thought by unanimous decision, but he, he went in there and put in some work. Surprised everybody. And uh, Deontay Wilder's corner threw the tail in, in the seventh round. And what was crazy was what came after it in the aftermath, right? So Deontay Wilder's first thing was, I rather went out on my shield, firing his trainer, Mark Breland, former Olympian, former champion, for throwing in a towel as he was getting bludgeoned in the corner by Tyson Fury. Then the second thing was, he didn't have his legs because he wore a 40-pound metal suit to the ring as he was walking to the ring. It was awesome, though. It looked good. It's all about theatrics. Right. So it was great. So now he has the option. He has to trigger it in 30 days or less than 30 days now to have a rematch clause for a third fight with Tyson Fury. Now, I'm going to, you know, I'm only a celebrity boxer. I just get punched in the face a little bit, like three, one and a half minute rounds every couple We're going to get into a lot of celebrity boxing and on point wrestling. They're both great brands and we love them both. Uh, next week, we're going to we're going to really dive into celebrity boxing especially their March 7th show in Atlantic City and On Point Wrestling's May 2nd show and the show we just went That's to. That's going to be a slobber knocker. But, but continue, big time. Yeah, so he has less than 30 days. Deontay, don't trigger that rematch clause. Get back in the ring. Take a couple fights. Work your way back up. The third fight's always going to be there. Let Tyson Fury fight Joshua. Get back into title contention. Work your way up to the rankings. Just get your legs back and get back to being the confident you that you were. And get back to knocking people out. Don't rush into this. I know you want to. Don't let your pride talk you into the worst. Uh, probably what could be one of the worst mistakes in the end of your career. Get back in there. A couple more tune-up fights and you'll be ready to go for that third fight. And that's me telling you like it is. I'm sorry, big time. I'm still finishing this cheesesteak cheese over here. Just destroying but Ash Wednesday. That was big time Timmy. Tells it as it is. Tells it like it is. <laughs> there he is, man. Look, you have, uh, you again, have Catholic I'm, Mike cracking up over there. So I'm here finishing my cheesesteak, and the, the people have talked. They're telling me, Donnie, you got to give up the meat. You're a man of your word. My, my girlfriend will not stop putting it through, and uh. Meat's gone, just so everybody knows. Hungry for hope? Not so much. We are here to stay. And remember, big time, it's about time to get going. But we cannot stress it to everybody enough. We are here to help you. We are here so you can reach out to somebody. If you're going through any, if you can relate to anything we told you, please reach out to me on Facebook. I don't care who you are. Reach out to me. Let me help. Let Big Time help. We've been there, right, Big Time? Big Time, anybody can reach out to you, correct? Absolutely. Anywhere in social media, just type in Tim Kudges. Tim Kudges and Donnie Charles on Facebook. We will be having our Hungry for Hope. If Toxic Radio mm-hmm. lets us go, we will be posting mm-hmm. our new site this week. And we will be here every week, Wednesday, 7 to 8. We will be doing Dining with Donnie. We'll be doing Big Time Timmy Tells It Like It Is. That's that right, Timmy? Yeah, 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 there you go. I got this radio thing down, brother. And uh, we'll be going into pro wrestling and uh, a lot of the local professional wrestling, man. I can't wait to talk about On Point Wrestling. We saw Nick Gage and Jeffrey Kane, Loudy, man. They were, it was awesome. We're getting into that next week. And Celebrity Boxing, Damon Feldman, he's such an inspiration to me. We'll be getting into all of that. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for joining us. It's, you know, thanks for listening to this crap I put out. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, 
it can change a life. It can. Big time. We appreciate it. We love you all. Have a good night. Stay hungry. <laughs>